This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 3-1 pitch, swing and a drive. Deep to right field, way up there, way out of here. Goodbye baseball. Eight strikeout for the King tonight and make it... 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Seattle. Strike three called on the outside corner, and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you very much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. And welcome back to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast at Mariners Pod on Twitter. Thanks for being here. Hope you had a good weekend. Happy Monday. It was a good weekend for the Mariners, that's for sure. The M's take two of three from the Yankees in the Bronx. Going for the sweep yesterday, they couldn't get it, but they take two of three. So we're going to break down the weekend coming up. We'll hear from Felix Hernandez, who made a little bit of history, and he'll make more his next start. We'll talk about that. Aaron Goldsmith, a great conversation with Mike Blower's coming up especially in context with the pitching matchup we saw yesterday and styles and it's good so that comes up in a few minutes also the week that was will come up at the end of the podcast sorry no bullpen banter for this one it's a little tricky with charlie furbush on the disabled list not traveling with the team on the road so no bullpen banter this week but plenty of good stuff that I think you'll enjoy. So let's start on Friday night. The Mariners, of course, had won two nights previous on the home run by Dayho Lee, the walk-off, then the off day, the trip to New York. And the Mariners came out on Friday and really took it to the Yankees. A nice offensive explosion on Friday night. Chris Iannetta providing the biggest punch. The pitch, Iannetta swinging a drive. Deep to left field, going and going. Goodbye, baseball. Chris Iannetta with his second home run of the season. A line drive into the bleachers in straightaway left field. A two-run shot, and the Mariners take the lead 3-1 to one here in the top of the fifth. Holy smokes, what a drive by Iannetta. Yeah, Yankees led 1-0, but the Mariners won in the fourth, two in the fifth, one in the sixth, one in the seventh, one in the eighth, one in the ninth, playing add-on throughout Production up and down the lineup, seven runs, 12 hits. Iannetta, three for three, three RBIs, and his second home run of the season, just a lined rocket out over the left field wall. Nathan Carnes got the win for the Mariners, his first win in a Mariners uniform, went five, fanned seven. It was in and out of trouble a little bit, but able to dance out of trouble each and every time, including in the fourth inning, two reach, and he would strike out the side. Very impressive stuff. Here's Nathan Carnes after the game. Fourth inning there, you got runners second and third, nobody out. What are you, what's going through your mind there? One pitch at a time. Um, for me, we had a game plan, and, you know, even with the runners in second and third, I knew I just had to keep attacking. Um, 
you know, Ionetta was really big back there for me. I don't know how many balls were in the dirt, but he kept the, you know, the ball in front, kept the runners there. So gave me opportunity to continue to execute pitches. And, uh, you know, it was just one pitch at a time. And, you know, three hitters in a row kind of went my way there. So it was just kind of big for me at that point. It was like kind of pushing through all the nonsense from the first game and this game. That was really big for me right there. Solid effort by Carnes and a nice win for the M's as they take game one of the series. Here's Chris Iannetta after the game. You, know, you never want to lose that many games in a row at any time in the season, but, you know, we knew we had a good team. We knew we weren't panicking, you know. We took everything to heart. You know, we definitely didn't, we didn't like doing it, but, you know, we know over the course of 162 games we're going to be a really good team. You give the team a little bit of breathing room in the fourth inning with the home run. You're in a, a great situation there, runner on, 2-0 count. What are you looking for in that situation? Just a good pitch to hit, you know, whether it was a fastball or a speed pitch. I just wanted something over the plate that I could put the barrel to, and I was able to do that, so I was thankful. You did get the barrel to that one. That one went far. Thank you. Hey, your guy on the hill today, you know, we've seen this performance from a bunch of the starters. I don't think, with the exception of Felix, we've seen the absolute best from them, but we have seen a lot of bend and not break from them. We certainly saw that tonight. Yeah, you know, I think everyone's kind of just figuring out, you know, who they're going to be as a player this year from the offensive and defensive and the, on the mound. So, you know, we're, we're toying with, you know, what the mix is going to be for Carnsey. Is it going to be a little more off-speed dominant? Is it going to be a little more fastball dominant? We started off with the fastball. Um, and the first time out, now we went to a little bit more of the off-speed. So I think a blend of both starts is kind of what you're going to see going forward. But, you know, we're just trying to figure out who we are. So the Mariners take game one of the series. Felix Hernandez on the hill for game two in the Bronx. He's had so much success there, taking on CC Sabathia, two of the three active strikeout leaders in Major League Baseball going at it. And the Yankees took an early lead, one to nothing, and it held into the fifth, a pitcher's duel. Felix dancing in and out of trouble all game long, but hanging zeros on the board with the exception of the third. And then the Mariners break through offensively, and they do it with the long ball first. And the 1-2 pitch. Curve swinging a high fly ball deep to right field. Going and going, and this one is gone. Goodbye baseball. Leonis Martin has tied the game at 1-1 here in the fifth with his second home run of the season. Carlos Beltran in right field just stood there. He didn't even turn around. Martin with a leadoff home run here in the fifth. It's now the Mariners won and the Yankees won. How about that? And the Mariners weren't done. They'd tack on another in the fifth. Here's the stretch, and the runner goes 2-2, swinging a ground ball up the middle into center field for a base hit. Marte running second. He'll make it to third. He's going to be waved in. Up of the ball is Ellsbury. Throw to the plate. Cut off. Relay to home. Not in time. Cattell Marte scores all the way from first base on a single into center field by Robbie Cano. Now that was fun to watch. He was flying around the bases, waved in, and... Scored an incredible run, an incredible play, and it was so fun to watch him go around the bases at lightning speed. And it ended up being so pivotal as the Mariners end up winning the game three to two. Bullpen was excellent; they didn't give up a run, but four innings pitched, gave up five hits, just one run, and Felix gets the win, his first of the season. Five innings, five hits, one run. He walked six, tied a career high. He fanned four. 106 pitches in five innings, but he only allowed the one earned run and in his final inning made a little bit of history. Here's the stretch and the 2-2 pitch, check swing, strike three, called, and he's got it. 
Career strikeout number 2,162. He strikes out Didi Gregorius. He matches Randy Johnson for the most strikeouts in the history of the Mariners franchise. And he gets out of another jam this afternoon here at Yankee Stadium. Holy smokes. What a performance by the King. Four strikeouts in the afternoon. And he now has 2,162 to match the big unit for the most in Mariner history. How about that? Yeah, incredible. He's going to pass Randy Johnson his next start, and we'll celebrate it then as Felix. He'll stand alone his next start, the strikeout king for the Seattle Mariners. So the M's get the win, 3-2. to two, And here's what Felix said after the game, not only about the win, his performance, but also about the big unit. It's nice, yeah. I mean, I wasn't happy with my performance today, but we get the win, and, and uh, to tie Randy, it's an honor to be there. We win. Also, six walks, tying the career high. What was going on with you today? A lot of moving on the ball. The ball was going everywhere, and uh, just try to tighten up my mechanic a little bit more, and uh, just be ready for the next outing. Was it mechanic-wise, or was it just the ball moving one of those days for you? No, it was mechanic-wise. I think I was uh, behind the ball a little bit, and then uh, I was all over the place. Randy's a guy that's a lot of strikeouts in his career. I mean, that's a pretty good name to put yourself up there. Yeah, man. It's, I mean, he's a, he's a great guy, first of all. I mean, he taught me a lot. When, when he was in Seattle, we talked a lot. And uh, just to be out there with him, it's, it's an honor. And that's set up Sunday. The Mariners going for the sweep against the Yankees. An entire nation on the pitching matchup as former teammates went at it. Iwakuma against Tanaka. And the Mariners had a chance to get to Tanaka early. They put a run on the board in the first inning, but the Yankees would strike back. A-Rod would go deep in the second inning, one more in the third. But the Mariners would fight back, and they'd tie this one up. Here's the stretch and the pitch. Swinging a ground ball up the middle and into center field. And here comes Aoki on to score. Seth Smith with an RBI single. And the Mariners have just tied the game at 3-3 here in the top of the fifth. Seth Smith comes through with his second base hit of the ball game and his first RBI in his fourth of the year. One of the strangest starts for Iwakuma, just compared to his history, he walked to, he also hit a batter who came around to score on A-Rod's home run, and the go-ahead run came in on a wild pitch. Iwakuma threw one last year and two the year before, and he threw one yesterday, and a run came home to score two pitches you look at in the uh, loss yesterday and A-Rod home run and the wild pitch. Iwakuma goes seven, gives up eight hits, four runs, walked a couple and fanned three on 102 pitches. And then the Yankees, the Mariners did a good job in the first two games of being up late because that is enormous against New York. Probably more than any other team in baseball right now because Miller and Batances are unbelievable. I mean, they're good as it is, but they're pitching at a whole other level right now. They combined for two innings pitched and six strikeouts. In fact, between Tanaka, Batances, and Miller, 13 Mariners in a row put down nine of them on strikeouts between the three. And those guys, those two relievers, lefty-righty, as good as it gets right now in Major League Baseball, 33 outs recorded this year, 27 by strikeouts, just ripping through batting orders. And they had a one-run lead, and they made it stand. In fact, they make a one-run lead look big, and the Yankees claim game three. So they salvaged the finale of the series 
and the Yankees went four to three. Here's what Hisashi Wakuma had to say after the game with Anthony Suzuki, his interpreter. The pitch against Tanaka, an interesting, fun experience, or まあ、いい経験に very exciting, you know, to face, you know, your ex-teammate, you know. Um, just watching him in general, you know, he was pitching with composure and uh, he kept the ball down. Uh, looking at that, I said to myself, I got to keep the ball down too against this lineup. And I was able to make my adjustments, but it was kind of too late. So, yeah, they made me pay for that. And what was that adjustment? It looks like we saw that in the last two innings. In the last two innings, there was a lot of good pitching. How did you change that? Well, just, you know, keeping the ball down in general, you know, using my lower half more and making sure that I'm not flying open. Can you say anything to Tanaka now? Send him a message or anything? Is he going to? Will he, yes. So former teammates going at it. First time that two Japanese teammates went at each other in Major League Baseball, Tanaka and Iwakuma. Tanaka got the best of it. He gets the win. Iwakuma the loss. I forgot to mention, too, in the odd start for Iwakuma, two stolen bases against him, which never happens. I mean, he had a long stretch where there was no one that could get to second base. And uh, two stolen against him yesterday. But a good series, a good weekend for the Mariners taking two of three. An off day today. Then they'll take on Cleveland. We're going to talk about that series coming up. But I'll, I'll tell you this. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun series. I, I love the pitching matchup, especially Wednesday. <laughs> That's one to salivate over that we'll talk about in the podcast a little bit more tomorrow. Right now, though, I want to turn it over to Aaron Goldsmith and Mike Blowers. They had a great conversation, kind of piggybacking on what was an excellent pitching matchup yesterday and just kind of styles and differences and things. So here it is. When you look at this pitching matchup today, a, a very intriguing one. You've got Asashi Iwakuma, of course, going up against Masahiro Tanaka. So fair to say we're going to see our fair share of splitters yes, we this are. afternoon. Mm-hmm. But it kind of begs the question of some of the differences of facing a pitcher that was born and raised in the States and a pitcher born and raised and even pitched professionally like these two, Tanaka and Iwakuma, did in Japan. I think back to our first couple of series this season facing the Texas Rangers. We saw a reliever named Tony Barnett who pitched for six years in Japan after topping out at the time at A with the Diamondbacks here in the States. And he even has developed kind of that hitch in his right. delivery that you see so many Japanese pitchers have. You played for a short while in Japan. What are your initial thoughts when you think about getting inside the batter's box facing a pitcher from Kentucky and a pitcher from <laughs> Tokyo? Um, you know, for me, Aaron, to tell you the truth, it really doesn't matter. I know that people have talked about maybe the pause that they have in their wind-up part of their delivery. Um, I think for them it's more just a balanced thing. Uh, it doesn't affect, I don't think, the hitters in, in any way at all. I, I remember when I was with the Dodgers and Hideo Nomo 
had, had that same thing. He would take that stride back, hands up over his head, and a big pause, and then here he comes with it, you know. And, um, it's just different. I know for myself playing in Japan, maybe that's the reason why it didn't bother me, but I, I was used to it because I saw it every day, so it wasn't a big deal. You bring up the word balance. I immediately think of a guy like Jared Weaver, who Weaver is, is basically covering first base after every pitch that he throws. He comes off the mound so much. Whereas Iwakuma, when we see him after his delivery, man, feet right underneath his shoulders, and, and he's ready for any ground ball that comes back to him. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the difference is is with Iwakuma, I, I don't think it's rare, I should say. It's very rare that you see a max effort from him on mm. his pitches. I think he's more concerned with movement, location, same arm speed, throwing out of the same slot all the time. And there are other pitchers that are kind of all over the place like you're talking about, and they're just maxing out for the most velocity they can get. When we talk about the splitter, of course, Iwakuma, Tanaka both throw one. Even a guy like Joel Peralta throws a splitter, and it's not like that. It's something that you only see from pitchers from the Pacific Rim, although the splitter for a pitcher from Japan seems as common as a slider does yeah. from a pitcher here in the States. When, when you played for that short while in Japan, it was I mean, if a pitcher did not have a splitter, was that a rare thing? It was a rare thing. Yeah, and, and they and they basically throw it um, probably close to as much as their fastball. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, even if you when you watch this game today, you look at what Iwakuma does and Tanaka for mm-hmm. sure, um, they're going to throw the split a lot, especially sure. with two strikes. So mm-hmm. you're going to see it quite a bit. Um, I think that's why when you look at their fastball, upper 80s, maybe touch 90 from time to time, it looks a lot faster. And and especially now with Iwakuma, because he's got the curveball at right. 72 miles an hour. And and with Iwakuma, he, he can throw his fastball at 88 at the top of the strike zone in the middle of the plate, and you would think that is a danger zone. But he gets a lot of strikeouts and a lot of pop-ups from it. Uh, below, you have masterfully guided us into topic number two. Pres- I thought you'd like that. Oh, it's just... That was art, Blow. Thank you. Man, the production meeting really paid off today. I can tell. Yes. Uh, Perceived velocity. And this is something that I really started thinking about specifically yesterday when we saw saw the back-to-back combo of Dylan Batances and Andrew Miller. Batances, he's a monster. He's an absolute monster. He's 6'8". He's throwing 98 miles an hour with an 85-mile-an-hour curveball. And then you've got Andrew Miller, who's about 6'7", a lean left-hander, who's just got... This bullwhip delivery, he's throwing 98 with a ridiculous slider. And this idea of perceived velocity has become a more popular point of conversation around baseball in recent years because, let's face it, if you're 6'8 and you're reaching out throwing a fastball and you're releasing it what it feels like about five feet from your nose, yeah, uh, that feels like it's even coming in harder than 98, I'd have to think. It, it does. And, and I know for myself... Um, I faced a number of guys that were 95-plus, but Randy Johnson's 95, 96 is a lot different because he's 6'10". Mm. And he is, it, it seems that he is right on top of you. And so I think your reaction time is a lot less in those situations. And how about perceived velocity when it comes to secondary pitches? Because if you look at perceived velocity on four-seam fastballs from last season, or fastballs in general, even a guy like Steve Ciszek, who is not a fireballer by any measure, and we're seeing him throw 91, 92 miles an hour, his perceived velocity was about two miles an hour faster, which is, I think, significant 
simply because of his mechanics or also because of something else? It, it can be his mechanics. I, I think that, and it's, the, and it's one of the reasons why you'll see it from time to time, um, a pitcher that maybe throws 88 to 90 miles an hour. That's very average in today's game. But you see them breaking bats. You see them striking guys out. And even as you're watching the game, I know, I know what happens with me. If they have a couple of secondary pitches that are off speed and slow, mm-hmm. and they throw them quite a bit, that fastball is going to get on you quicker. Because as a hitter, everything is timing. And that's all that they're trying to do. Jamie Moyer could throw a fastball at 84 miles an hour and, and break bats because everybody was so concerned about his changeup all the time and the slow curveball that he would throw. And then, bang, he pops that fastball on you. Your timing's going to be off. Foot's not getting down on time. And the next thing you know, he's jamming you. So there's a lot to that. I and mean, I think it's different. Um, you, you mentioned Steve and his delivery. For me, watching him as a right-handed hitter, it's the angle at which he throws, the movement on his fastball, and constantly having the slider in the back of my mind. Mm. That makes his 91 look more like 94. And that's a big, that's a big gap. Sabathia yesterday, we saw him saw yeah. off a number of bats. He's thrown a slider at 78 and a fastball at whatever it was, 89 or 90. Well, and there's, there's two reasons for that. One, he, you're talking about his breaking ball, but he also had the changeup yesterday, and now he's developed a cutter. And so, you know, it's like Andy Pettit. Same thing, when Andy Pettit was here and I faced Andy, I had a hard time with him because he would throw that cut fastball and get in on your hands. It looks like it's going to be middle in, and then you start to attack it, and next thing you know, it's in off the plate. And we saw that yesterday with Sabathia. You know, finally, Mike, I was kind of surprised thinking along the lines of who has the advantage early in the season, pitchers or hitters, because sometimes you don't see pitchers maybe with max velocity in their first couple of starts. Still building arm strength. Exactly. And for hitters, you think, well, they've had spring training. They've had whatever it was, 30, 40 at-bats or something along those lines in spring training to get their timing down. I was I was surprised going through month by month last season in Major League Baseball that strikeouts on average per team increased almost every month from April when teams on average were striking out about 165 times right. to September when, granted, you've got some call-ups. So you've got some younger guys who aren't maybe polished Major League hitters. And your average team is striking out just over 200 times. That, that kind of surprised me. It surprises me. Um, I always felt that as the season wore on, um, I felt better in the batter's box. Things slowed down a, a lot more for me. So it's, it's odd to hear that. And the first thought that comes to mind is thinking about the game today and all the relievers mm. and all the power arms that these guys are facing. I mean, a lot of times now you're lucky – especially if you're hitting 7th, 8th in the lineup, to see a starter more than twice. Yeah. And then you're getting those power arms that you were talking about that the Yankees have. And those guys, that's what they do. They strike people out, and we saw that yesterday, and I think that a lot of teams are like that now. And it, cause I, Because I think the more you see an individual, the more things turn towards the hitter as opposed to the pitcher. And I guess you got hitters that have been called up. You also have relievers that have been called up as well and some fresh arms there, and now some guys are getting some more time off in the bullpen. And you don't know them. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, Yeah, you don't have quite the same book. Right. Blow, as always, thanks for the time. Thanks, Aaron. This is the week that was. A look back on highlights and events of the Mariners past week. On Mariners Magazine. And the 0-2 pitch, swing, and a miss, strike three. He strikes out Begley, and the King strikes out the side here in the top half of the fourth inning. Eight strikeouts for Felix Hernandez. Felix takes a sign. King's court's ready. The 2-2, swing, and a miss for strike three. Ten strikeouts for King Felix against the A's. Who else would it be? And 
what a way to cap off a fantastic afternoon here in Seattle. The King has baffled the A's once again. Great outing today. Can't say enough about the way he competed and finished off hitters. Really good outing for Felix. The 0-1 swing and a well-hit ball deep to right field. Mariners have the lead 2-1. Goodbye baseball. Out by the hit at here Cafe. Robbie with home run number five. All of them against the Texas Rangers. The 0-2, swing and a drive, smash left field, Desmond, track, wall, gone! Day Holy wins it for the Mariners! Pitch hit, two-run bomb from Day Holy with two outs in the bottom of the 10th inning. 4-2, Mariners win it. They avoid the sweep, and their first win at home this season is a dog pile at home plate on top of Day Holy. If there's anybody that can take it, it's that guy. We're all very excited, not only to win, obviously, but for Dejo. I mean, that's a huge at-bat. And he had a great at-bat against Deakman the other day. I mean, he was right on his stuff, and, man, he timed him up perfect right there. Yes, yes, Jackie hit that ball. Certain guys who, who have changed the world. And, and he was one of them. You know, you look at the draft and where kids are coming from and, and you know, free agency from all over the world um, to get opportunity to play baseball. And that would have never happened if he wouldn't have been as strong as he was to, to not fight and do the things that uh, were necessary for, for everybody to basically reap the benefits of, of, of what he did. And the 2-2 to Ellsbury. It is strike three called. He got him looking. Holy smokes, a fastball on the outside corner. Nathan Carnes strikes out the side here in the bottom of the fourth. The Yankees had runners on at second and third with nobody out, and they cannot score. Six strikeouts for Carnes, three here in the bottom of the fourth. How about that? Pitch, Iannetta swinging a drive deep to left field, going and going. Goodbye, baseball. Chris Iannetta with his second home run of the season. A line drive into the bleachers in straightaway left field. A two-run shot, and the Mariners take the lead 3-1. to one. The pitch. Swing and a ground ball. Cano to his left. He's got it in shallow right field. Spin move. Throws the first. In time to get Brian McCann, and this ball game is over. The Mariners take the opening game of the road trip. A final score of 7-1 over the Yankees tonight on a cool evening here in the Bronx, New York. Here's the stretch, and the runner goes 2-2, swinging a ground ball up the middle into center field for a base hit. Marte running second. He'll make it to third. He's going to be waved in. Up of the ball is Ellsbury. Throw to the plate. Cut off. Relay to home. Not in time. Cattell Marte scores all the way from first base on a single into center field by Robbie Cano. Sabathia looked back, and the 3-2 pitch. Danelli swinging a ground ball over the bag at third. Fair down the left field line. Hits off the wall that angles out. Here comes Cano running third. He'll score and it's second Cruz with a slide the throw by Gardner not in time Nelson Cruz with another double this one an RBI double 
In the fifth scoring Robinson Cano from second three runs are in here in the inning and the Mariners now lead the Yankees three to one. Here's the stretch and the 2-2 pitch check swing strike three called and he's got it. Career strikeout number 2,162. He strikes out Didi Gregorius. He matches Randy Johnson for the most strikeouts in the history of the Mariners franchise. And he gets out of another jam this afternoon here at Yankee Stadium. Holy smokes. What a performance by the King. Ty, Randy, it's an honor to be there. We, we have, he's, a, he's a great guy, first of all. I mean, he taught me a lot. When, when he was in Seattle, we talked a lot. And uh, just to be out there with him, it's, it's an honor. We're in the Bronx, New York. The site, Yankee Stadium. The house that Ruth built and that can't contain Jay Buhner. Built in 1923 and christened by the Bambino who hit the first home run here. The park was remodeled in 1976. And in the new park, many Mariner memories have been made. The Griffey catch, that we'll tell you about next week. And many, many Mariner home runs, including seven by Jay Buhner. One of them to deepest right center field up on the hitting backdrop where only four others have been. And the most memorable on July the 25th at Yankee Stadium off Wade Taylor. Here's the stretch by Taylor. Davis elite on the 3-2 pitch fastball hit high and deep to left field. Way back. Goodbye, baseball. Jay Buhner with a massive home run way out to left field here at Yankee Stadium. Last Saturday night, he hit a bomb in Baltimore, and now he hits a massive bomb here in New York. Unbelievable. Jay that game was an unbelievable game. That blow, an unbelievable blow. The ball was dead on arrival. It landed on top of an ambulance and ended up in the hospital dead. Ah, yes, indeed. The home run traveled 479 feet, the longest ever hit in the 17-year history of the remodeled Yankee Stadium. Maybe it's the fact that uh, he was traded to the Mariners for Kenny Phelps in 1988, or maybe it's just the ghosts of Ruth and Gehrig and DiMaggio, Mattel, and the other greats who have played here that inspire the Mariners' own Jay Buhner to such lengths. Whatever it is, we hope it continues. See you later! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.